Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hello, everybody. How is everybody on this great Monday evening? Wow, you know it's going to be 90 on Thursday here in California. Oh my gosh, Thursday and Friday, hot, 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 and we're only we're not we're not even in April yet, really. That's insane. Talk about global warming if you believe in such stuff. Anyway, welcome everybody. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next couple of hours. Our guest tonight, Ann Bender, is running a little late, so she'll be with us around 7:15. So that means that you and I, Athena, Jennifer. Jerry, whoever else is listening, aha, I knew Jerry was there. Jerry, Marisa, and whoever else is going to be listening, uh, we can just idly chat about about uh, ghosties and stuff until 7.15 when the guest comes on. Like I said, she's delayed. But it's great to be here. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next, like I said, two hours. I also run the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. You can California Haunts Radio Show. And this is CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. That's a big thing to say. A lot of California haunts here, California haunts there, right? I am feeling better, Jennifer. Um, still haven't got in to get the work done for the dentist. The swelling has gone down almost completely. Uh, but, they, but they know where the situation happened. And there's still a soft spot down like at the bottom over here. And I know where the thing happened because I saw it. And then it just disappeared. So uh, hopefully they can get over there and... Uh, figure out what's going on with that you know they, they can find that tooth that the offending tooth or whatever's causing it but uh i was hoping it'd be more inflamed when they saw it but nope that's my luck that's how it always runs anyway if you're watching from youtube please subscribe uh there's a little ghost down on the bottom right hand corner over there and that little ghost does have a sherlock holmes hat on with a magnifying glass and uh, we're always looking for more subscribers so please 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 subscribe Anyway, since we're here for the next 45 minutes, let's chit-chat. We can chit-chat. Bad things happening. Yeah, Sacramento, yesterday. Wow, woke up to that. I, you know, I t- I t- I'm a night owl, so I, I, I stay up most of the night. So I sleep in, and I think it was uh, my producer, Marisa, is the one that told me in the morning about what happened to the shooting yesterday. Or, you know, early in the early morning, which I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because, um, you know, I go down there. That's where I shoot a lot of my photos. And usually on a Saturday night like that, I, I will go down there and, and shoot photos and maybe just hang out with I'm like I look like I'm a crooked here and, and, you know, hang out with light rail and try and get shots of light rail coming towards me. And um, thank you. I'm going to pop this up a little bit so I can read it. OK. All right. Yeah, I can see your message there now. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go down and. Uh, take pictures of light rail at night and dirt and you know in the evening stuff and and that's when i usually make some adjustments here because it looks like i'm really off balance here it's all about appearance right um i look like my head's crooked anyway uh so yeah usually i go down take photos down you know down there that's where i do a lot of my photography so in a way i I wanted to go yesterday and then something told me to not go so I'm, i'm glad that i did not go you know but uh, it's sad, very sad. And as I was watching it all unfold, 
with the news. Um, you know, the, the stuff that was happening where the poor mothers that were seeing, or the one mother that had seen um, what looked like her son laying in the middle of the street and then couldn't get any confirmation over it and got a hold of channel, you know, one of the local TV stations to see if they, if, if, if they could help her get confirmation. That was really sad. Watching all that. Oh, I think it's this side. Oh, there we go. Okay. There, now we're more balanced. Um, but yeah, so it, it was really, really sad. And I know they had everything locked down for a long time down there. They finally took all that stuff off and moved all the, and moved all the blood and all that, you know. But uh, they caught one guy. One suspect's in custody right now. But they think it was multiple suspects that went in and did this. I'm just going off what I saw in the news today. So it's not coming from me. I didn't do any like investigative reporting on it or anything. But that's what they said was that uh, that they had one person in custody. So uh, hopefully that'll lead to other people, you know. Because they think with 100 shot, they, they think the 100 rounds went off. So sad, very sad. And it's a it's an area too. You got to remember, like when the riots were happening here in Sacramento. No, they don't know why yet, Jerry. You know, it's an area too that when the riots were in Sacramento, um, uh, the jewelers. It's, it's right by this jewelers that got that, that that got destroyed during the riots. So the poor jewelers is 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 there. You know what I mean? So yeah. So so they ended up, you know, in a line of fire. So yeah, it's 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 very grim, very grim. There's a, there you know there, there is an issue out here with. Well, I'm not gonna say too much because I don't want to get get my house trashed, but there there are issues out here. And it's weird because if you if you're in like my neighborhood, you don't see that stuff. So, I mean, you know, when it happens, you don't think it's gonna happen like that close. You know, downtown's probably about maybe ten minutes away from me, from where I live. You know, and right there's the river. Like I said, that's where I go take pictures of of, of the uh, bridge there and stuff. You know, and the cat and the state capitals down there. And hi, Janet. Hey, Janet's here. Yeah. Yes, there's there's a lot of gang activity in Sacramento. Yes. So yeah, that's something to watch. I haven't seen it in my neighborhood, but there probably are. I know when I worked in another town um, on a news beat in Yolo County, I know I was shocked when they told me you know, where the gangs in, the, in, in that particular city were located. Because you, you, you would never expect it. You know, when I was covering the crime beat. So, yeah. So, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, like I said, that they've arrested one guy or one person. A person of interest is what they're calling it. You know, so we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, wow, what a mess. What a mess. Anyway, uh, on a cheerier note, <laughs> if there is a cheerier note, Janet, I want to make the announcement again. Anne is running late, so she will be here at 7.15. So I'm just up here winging it right now, but she will definitely be here at 7.15. Um, we did a uh, cemetery ghost hunt a couple weekends ago, or a week and a half ago. And uh, it's an interesting cemetery because uh, there's Native Americans out there. And the Native Americans are not buried with within the boundaries of the cemetery. Okay, and uh, and uh, so it's 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 an interesting place because 
we've been out there. See, I'm just adjusting. There it is. Now I feel better. See that? Balance. Um, we've been out there several times over the years. And you could feel yourself being watched. It's the only place I've ever been where I felt myself being watched. You know, when I'm out there doing EVP sessions and stuff. And I'm, I'm sit, I, I used to sit out there with, with my team members because we go out there to train. You know, with new equipment and stuff to, to, to see what it'll do. And you sit out there and you find yourself looking over your shoulder because you feel like you're being watched. And I've been out with psychics who have said, yeah, you know, they, they, they stand at the perimeter or they'll be like in the, they'll be literally in, up in the trees watching you. Or I've seen shadows too. I've, I've seen shadows move, move around the tree lines, you know, when I look back. And I'm not the only one. I've had, you know, real seasoned investigators go out there, you know, people that, that have a thing about debunking that have gone out there and uh, they've seen stuff too. They, they, you know, they've seen all that stuff out there, you know, and um, I was really happy with the cemetery investigation. Unfortunately, you know, I, I wanted to put something together where I could really do some hands-on training with the people that went, but unfortunately it was windy that night. So it made it a little harder to do because I wanted to train people how to, you know, proper EVP protocols and stuff like that. And you just couldn't do it. You couldn't hear anything. The recorders were, would have been useless. I mean, talk about white noise, right? With the wind blowing. Normally in that case, what you would do is you would take the recorders and, and you would co you, you would cover the uh, mics on the recorders with something. You know, you would turn around and take like maybe even uh, nylon and, cut, and, and, and cover the mics. But some kind of mic cover on them. But I wasn't prepared for it to be so windy when we got out there. Feared cemeteries for, I had problems in my old house that was hounded on two sides by an abandoned cemetery where spirits came into my house. They were too attractive to me. Oh, yeah. You have that shiny light. And they wanted to see you. I've been told, I, I've been told that I've had uh, like a conga line, you know, when I go to the cemetery, I get like a conga line of, of, yeah, yeah, Jennifer, I know. I wish, you know, if we'd have been in an old hotel, we probably, you know, if we'd have been the original plan that, that we had, we would have had all the, I taught you guys how to set up all the DVR cameras and everything, you know, and how to operate them. But it just didn't happen that way. It didn't go down that way. So we, at the last minute, you know, once I got there and saw what was going on and, uh, it was like, okay, gotta shift gears, you know, and uh, it's it's unfortunate. It was unfortunate, but the the team that did go out did did a good job. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna schedule something for May and, and get out and do it and, and do a hotel on the next round, for sure, you know. But uh, in that, like I said, in that case, when you go out with a digital voice recorder like that, you know, it's, it's that windy. Like, and then and then for some reason. I never heard so many trains in my life out there. And that's what we had where it's like the trains were coming in every few minutes. And so, and so you'd sit there, you know, you'd be out there trying to do, try to do an EVP session with the wind blowing. And then it was like the Folsom prison blues, right? You know, you hear the train was coming all the time. So you had that going on and then you would hear the train and they were, they were long trains and <laughs> trains, you know, trains are very, very loud. I don't know how far away from the tracks we were, but trains are very, very loud. And we had cows too, which is normal out there. But people did experience stuff. 
you know, some people um, heard footsteps. Some people were touched. One gal, um, Heather, I think it was, was walking towards our the group where I was because I had taken out the SLS camera and was walking around with it to test it out. It was a new SLS camera. And I was going group to group with the SLS camera to see what there was to see. And she came towards us and she said, well, um, I heard, I definitely heard footsteps and then something touched me on the shoulder. And then another group, and then this, I think the same group I was with, second uh, Karen Clark, who was with us, was walking back to this bench to sit down. And somebody said that they saw, they wish they would have had their, their camera because they, there was definitely a mist following her as she was walking. So that would have been cool to catch too. But I did catch some stuff with the SLS, even even walking out to the out to the middle of the cemetery like I did, and that I knew because you know from past visits over there that there was stuff up in the trees, and so I was shooting up in the trees and I was catching um, stick figures up in the trees. But the one we got uh, that, that I released that video, I put together that little video. Um, the one we got on the tombstone was cool because Karen Clark, and the angle's weird with the photo that was taken because Karen Clark was off to the, was off 10 feet, like to the right of the tombstone. So she wasn't, there was nobody behind this tombstone. So there's no way that the uh, SLS triggered on that tombstone. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 because the SLS will trigger on, on people. You know, like if, if, if Jennifer's standing over off five feet away from me, or sitting on a couch, and I point the SLS over there. Yeah, see, Jerry says she kept being drawn to look at the trees. Yeah, it's always the trees. It's always the trees there. But with the SLS, you know, it, it'll hit on chairs. It, you know, it'll hit on certain objects, and you get the stick people form. That's why you got to be careful with them. The way I like to work with them is the way we did at the cemetery. Was that Karen Clark was out there, and she was like, like I said, off way off to the right. So there was no one behind this 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 tombstone. And she was asking it to do stuff. And I wish I could have, I, I just wish I could have caught it on video. The fact that she kept asking it to lift its right foot up and then it would do it on command. And we had that happen multiple times. So that was kind of cool, you know. So, yeah, at least we got a still photo of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the SLS is great, except you have to remember the limitations that it has. When you're using it because there are limitations and that's why the only reason i'll use the only way i'll use it is when i have a sensitive a psychic medium you know sensitive or whatever they want to call present and the psychic is working with the sls i did test at my house because like you guys everybody knows my house is active and marisa was here and we could we had one moving around the room and i would ask it to move to certain spots in my house and it would move to where i wanted it to move probably my mother i don't know you know, but somebody was here that was actually moving to wherever I could, I, you know, I, I asked it to move. So, you know, I play around a lot. That's one thing with equipment. I play around a lot with it to see what, what, what it will do and what it won't do. So then I know the limitations. Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? Yeah, Jennifer says she and another girl felt that. I'm going to go ahead and post this, okay? Let me run this up there so people can see. Okay, there we go. See? 
Wasn't that the area where Becky, I think um, from what the psychics have told me, it's our relatives. They like to hang out with me. So it's varying relatives. I know my mom comes to visit. Rebecca Seller's my cousin. Right. Isn't that that area where that girl said that um, she got the impression that somebody was hung back there or, or something like that? Jennifer? But Rebecca, um, yeah, uh, I, I felt, I know my mother's here. Okay, let me get that out. I, I know my mother's here. And um, yeah, my mom, yeah. And uh, because the, what, I, <laughs> what I did was, um, you know how we hear stories about ghosts. Um, you can smell when a ghost is present, you know, they have a certain scent. So one of the things I did when my mother died was I, I didn't want her, you know, when people die, it's never clean. It's not a clean thing. My dogs too. Yeah, they're here. Yeah, Janet, my dogs are here too. In fact, I have a story about my dog Reba that died in December. So as I, let me, let me do this. Uh, my mother, um, no matter what they say, no matter what Grey's Anatomy shows you or whatever show you're watching, when people die, it's never a clean thing. So I, my mother, I knew, wouldn't want to go to the coroner's office or the hospital dirty. I know how my mother was. So after she passed away, I gave her a bath. And I bathed her in a certain scent that I would recognize. You know, being the ghost hunter that I am. And so when she comes around... I can tell it's her because I can smell her. I can smell that scent. The day she died, when, when Marisa and I were here at the house, I kept smelling that scent. She was, it was like she was walking around my living room. And I didn't know Marisa could smell it. And I looked at Marisa, and Marisa looked at me, and she says, do you smell that? What does that smell? And that was that. that, was that. She smelled the same thing I did, and it was that, 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 that soap I had used on my mother. So I know when it's my mother. I have felt my mother, you know, I'm, uh, I'm watching TV in the house and she's grabbed my hand because she used to grab my hand a certain way when we go to the movies. And I was sitting watching TV one night and she grabbed my hand. So she is here. She comes frequently. Halloween, she was here. People out, who, who stand out front of my house can smell her. When I was at Halloween, you know, I, I, I do this big deal at Halloween every year and my mother loved it. And so... I was walking around outside, looking over my stuff, and all of a sudden I smelled her. She was there checking it out, too. So she comes back and forth. And I know there's a couple other relatives. Uh, my Uncle Nick comes. And I've had psychics tell me that he's here. I remember one time, um, I guess it's a light my mother and I put off or something. I had a friend, a psychic friend over who was helping me edit some video. And my mother and father's bedroom door was open and they were napping. And she walked, you know, she went to go use the restroom. And she walked by their bed, their bedroom and she said, oh, my God, all these relatives, there's all these people standing around your mom and dad watching them sleep. They're relatives. So, I mean, they all come and go. You know, 
So I'm trying to read your comments too as we go. So it's cool. You know, it's nice. And I know the house is active. So I let them know, you know, it's like, I know you're here. You know, I know you're here. Don't scare me. And we get along just fine. That's why when I bring something home from an investigation, I know it's not anybody here because I'm used to everybody that's here. Just before she passed, for years after the box of chime. Oh yeah, see, that's your mom. That's that's yeah, that's Aunt Jeannie telling you that she's she's still around. Now to answer to answer Janet's question about the dog. I think this dog, this last dog that passed for me, because I had a Kelpie that passed a few years ago, and I, I would see her occasionally in dreams. Once I saw her butt as she went around the corner. <laughs> but this last one that passed away um, in December, I have seen her more than I've seen any of my other dogs. You know, first she came to me in a dream within, you know, I didn't even expect that within two, within a day after she passed. And then I've seen her full body apparition. I saw her, um, I still have one of my mom's walkers because I use, because of my leg problems, I use a walker occasionally. And um, I then I have a, a plastic plant on it right now, a fake plant on there because, you know, I'm getting ready to switch my house into Aloha mode. So I started to move everything. And I saw the dog, I thought it was my new dog. And I saw the dog walk past this walker and the tail hit the plant, and the walker actually moved. But I thought it—I thought it was my young, my young dog. But my young dog was was behind the couch, behind me. So you know, I, I have seen her so many times. I've seen her walking through the house. I have heard her walking through my house. You know, she's come so many times, so many times, and um, it's incredible. And there's been other times with dogs too. We had a Chihuahua that wore a bell around its neck was my mom's dog and i remember one time i got because i have a i used to have a tile hallway and i got i wasn't feeling good so i was laying down in bed and i'm home alone and i could hear that bell coming down the hallway and with each footstep and then it would get halfway down the hall and disappear but i could definitely hear the bell so it was it was this dog coming back so yeah so my house is active I get tired a lot here, and I think that's the reason why. <laughs> but since I was a kid, it's been active. That's why with Anne coming on, it's going to be kind of cool tonight because I was sensitive as a kid. So I would see stuff in my house that nobody else in my family did. In fact, my cousin, my cousin Becky up there can tell you, I never slept with the lights off. They were always on. Because when I would turn the lights off, I would see stuff. I remember laying in bed at night, I had bunk beds. There was a set of bunk beds on my side of the room, and my sister had her regular bed. I remember laying there with the night light, right, you know, as a kid. And I remember seeing dark hands, you know, coming down from the top of the bunk bed like they were going to grab me. Or I'd see, like, across the room, I'd, I'd see something come out of the wall. You know, things like that. So, you know, it's always been active here. I remember one time one of my nieces, when they were real tiny, was sleeping on the couch. And my mother looked up and yelled at me, and I was already in bed. She thought it was me coming down the hallway, and it wasn't me. I'm thinking it was my grandmother that you know came to check out the baby. But I know she yelled at me, don't wake the baby up. But it's active here. And then when I was going through puberty, oh, my God, things that were happening here. <laughs> you know, you could call it poltergeist. Oh, yeah. 
kids are very, very sensitive. That's why I'm I'm glad to have Anne on today because Anne grew up, I mean, Anne grew up like 10 times more sensitive than I did. You know, I remember just even in my teen years, I was always a night owl, never slept good at night. And I remember we had these bar stools that um, would squeak when somebody sat on them. And I remember coming home from work and you know how you get off work and you're all wound up. So I'm sitting in the den watching TV. And I can hear I can hear those bars still squeaking like someone's sitting on them. Or the TV would turn on and off by itself. The TV was possessed. You know, that kind of stuff would happen to me. And this is all before I even got into paranormal investigating. In fact, that's what led me to become a paranormal investigator was all this stuff that I had grown up with. And I think once I became, once I got around the paranormal group, and, and, to, and to give you some background on Anne, I was uh, getting into getting into you know, video production, and so I thought it'd be fun to film a paranormal investigation team. And so I started to go with the team that she was on, and that's how I met her. And the more I got around her, and there, there were two, there were, there were her and another psychic on that team. The more I got around them the more things started to come out, you know, because you get to a certain age with some people and they repress that stuff. Okay. So I had gotten, once I hit like 18 or 19, everything kind of slowed down and stopped. And then once I started going with them, all this weird stuff started happening. I'd go to team meetings and flashlights you know, and I'm talking like the flashlights you physically got to get the switch on, right? I had flashlights because, of course, being being a newspaper reporter, you know, you got to be ready for anything. So you're carrying flashlights. I used to carry, in fact, when I worked in Plasterville because it snowed all the time, I carried snowshoes in the back of my car. Okay? So I had flashlights and emergency stuff in the back of my car. Just like I had a fire blanket, you know, for fires to cover. And I would leave meetings with the team. And these flashlights, I'd be driving along and these flashlights would start turning on. So that stuff was happening to me. And the more I was around them, the more my abilities came out. I would go to work and it was funny because people would be talking to me and I knew what they were going to say like five sentences ahead of what they were going to say. You know? So that's that. And then we, then as we started to go on investigations and film them and do all this other stuff, I would see the people we were going to invest, the, the ghosts that we were going to investigate before we went. So, I mean, that's, that, that, that's how it all went. I mean, from when I was a little kid all the way up, you know, to where I had that, that stalling point that a lot of people had. And then it started to get, you know, involved again with it, where it started to come out more when I was with the psychics. Because the more you're around psychics, Psychics attract psychics. So <laughs> you're going you're gonna to end up hanging out with, with a lot more psychics than you will, you know, debunkers or whatever you want to say. Because that's just the way it is, the way the universe works. And that, you know, I was, I was attracting more and more psychics in my life. Athena says, I would babysit and every light in the house and kitchen cabinets open when parents came home. Strange lights all over the house. Oh, yeah. It happens. My poor dog. Years ago, I would leave the house. <laughs> My poor dog, Maddie. I, 
would come home from work and that dog would be cowering behind in the corner of my living room be, behind my, my couch. Whatever was in here scared her. And she would see stuff, you know. Um, I'm just checking messages. Okay. And she would see stuff. And it was funny. But she would. And um, a real big good case of it was that my parents used to take the dogs with them. I don't know why they would take my dog with it. But they would take my dog w- with them to go to Moore Park when they used to take care of my, my, my uncle's former home. And I have a story about that place that's kind of cool, too. And he originally had a Kelpie, an old Kelpie, that we brought home named Marilyn. Sweetest dog. That's, that's what got us started on Australian Kelpies. And so I think when he saw Maddie, you know, his, his, spirit, his spirit was in the house, definitely. When he saw Maddie, he tried to walk up on her to pet her, thinking it was Marilyn. And my dad said that he was sitting in, in the living room watching TV and all of a sudden he heard the dog get, the dog scream and she came out of the um, hallway backwards and her eyes were rolled back in her head. So the, the only thing I can think of is that he thought it was his dog and that he thought it was Marilyn, you know, at the house. Maurice and I, we go to the house to stay there to go to Disneyland on a trip and, uh, and right away things started happening. Got in the house and, um, I said, you know, it just feels like we got some energy here. And my parents had put rocking chairs in the living rooms, you know, in the living room. And we were sitting there the first night. And we watched one rocking chair rock back and forth like someone was kind of like I'm doing right now. You know, like you're relaxed and, and you're happy to be there and all that. We, we could see this rocking chair doing this. So, of course, I left the lights on all night because, you know, that's just how I am. And then the back door would always unlock itself. We would lock the back door and go out to dinner or go go to Disneyland, come back, and it was unlocked from the inside. So there was activity, you know, going on there with him, which is fine. He was happy to see us. It's nice, to, you know, it's nice when your relatives come back to visit. It's all good. But he he was a prankster, and I mean, he would just when, even here at the house, um, my 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 house key. There were times I couldn't get in my house because the house key wouldn't work. And then all of a sudden it would work. I'd get ready to go jump the fence and all of a sudden it would work. Or I watched him with Maddie one time. We used to buy, you know, those big those big bottles of, of well, they, you know, that they sell of uh, soda. And my dad would have them, you know, like down on the floor because there was really no way to store them. I'm talking like 10 bottles. And I watched, I think, because he used to like, I think he liked to tease her. And so he would, uh, you know, I, I think it was him. I'm just saying I think it was him. And um, poor Maddie was walking across the floor, and I saw the bottles go down one by one, like bowling pins. And the poor dog, the poor dog had like octopus legs trying to walk over them, you know, that kind of thing was going on. And then I remember I was wearing his leather jacket. I was working, and I was getting gas at this gas station in Placerville. And... um, the gas pump somehow managed to jump out of the gas tank hole and I got gas on myself. I heard him laugh. And then a couple of days later, I go to cover a meeting and I guess he was with me. He got bored or somebody was with me and got bored. And I watched, you know how they, like you sit there at the city council meetings, and they have those little mics 
and they're all sitting there. And this was a water a water district meeting. And I watched as someone or something walked to each mic and flicked it. Like doing a boing on it, one after the other. So that happened too. So I've had interesting experiences. And I know going into Placerville like I did um, as part of that team, before I started California Haunts Up, you know, the, the group itself, California Haunts was a TV show, okay, before I started the group up. And I remember uh, I wasn't prepared for the energy in Placerville at all. And the first day I went down Main Street, I got a little confused, you know, with all the energy on Main Street. But I remember seeing the hangman, because the hangman walks from the courthouse, from the old courthouse, down to Hangman's Tree. Um, what used to be Hangman's Tree Saloon, where the where the actual Hangman's Tree in Placerville was. And then back to the courthouse. And I had to do, um, you know, I would get off at five, and I had to cover a self-defense thing at, at, the, at the community center, which was like halfway between those two. And so I grabbed some dinner, parked my car, because that, that was a seven o'clock thing. Ate my dinner and thought, well, I'll take a nap for, a, for an hour or so. And let me make sure Ann's not coming in here because we want to make sure. Okay. You know, and uh, ate my dinner for, you know, decided to sleep a little bit. So I'm, I'm leaning back in my car. And I happened to look in the window because the community center has these big, ha, I don't know if they have any community center. Now. I haven't up in a while. But um, the community center had these big windows. And I saw the hangman, the hooded figure, walking behind my car. And when I looked back, he wasn't there. And then when I looked, when I looked back at the window, he was gone. That kind of thing. Or I was in a restaurant having lunch one day before an investigation. And I, I saw a gentleman walk from one wall to the other. With the, you know, and, and then I later found out the description of the guy was the description of, of who was allegedly in this house that we were going to go to haunting this house. I even saw um, the lady from, um, I can't think of it, the boys jail, the boys prison up there in Ione. I saw her in the women's restroom at my job. Went in to go to the restroom, turned around, felt like someone was behind me. And I saw, like my grandmother used to wear those smock things that had, you know, those, those frontal smocks that had little flowers on them or little diamonds on them and that kind of thing. And I turned around and there was this white-haired woman standing behind me in one of those smocks. And I remember the flowers, the little flowers were blue. So I'm thinking it was, what, what was her name, Anna Corbin? Preston. That was it. Preston. Something that was Anna Corbin. But yeah, Athena says, how about three knocks on the front door? No one inside. Oh, yeah. I've had a doorbell ringer. I've had knocking at my front door. Yep, Preston Castle. But I've, I've had, I've done the whole front door thing where I've opened it up. Yeah. See? But yeah, Anna came to me before the investigation, and that stuff was happening to me too. You know, so I mean, I've, I've, it's been, it's been an incredible ride doing this stuff. Even my mother, you know, I, I mean, we would go to, like, the ride hotel, 
into a conference there. I would come home, and then at four in the morning, my mother would wake up screaming that they were dumping that somebody was dumping bodies in the river. My mother was seeing stuff. You know, when we did a prelim out here in Sacramento, off of Elvis Avenue, and then this warehouse, and we get in the car and we get on the freeway. We're coming home, and my mother goes. There's blood everywhere. And we looked at her and we went, what? And this is my mom, like, in her 80s. Yeah, there's the demons, too. Got a couple of those. Ran into a couple of those over the last 25 years. But my mother said, yeah, he was shot. He was murdered. He was over in the court. They, 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 buried, they, they shoved his body in the court, you know, in the back corner. Shocked us all. There were, like, five of us in the car. We went, what? You know. So even my mother, or we went to Diamond Springs Hotel, which really isn't a hotel anymore. It's a restaurant for a newspaper article for a Halloween thing. And my mother, we pull up in the parking lot and she says, oh my God, the children are playing upstairs. She had no idea what was going on and what the reports were at the Diamond Springs Hotel, but she saw the children. So my mother had it. So it, it runs in families. It really runs in families. If your mother had it, you're going to have it. Somebody or somebody will have it because it runs it runs in families. So I had that stuff going on, you know. And demons, oh yeah, I had I took on a low level demon. I think it was the, the year my mom died. I took on a low level demon, and the, and the SOB followed me home, scratched me, bruised me. That was my own fault. I didn't I didn't protect myself enough uh, when I left the house. That, that was my own fault that this thing followed me home. But it was not a the high level one. It was a low it was a lower level. But I have run into a couple. There were a couple there was a case out an Arbuckle where we ran into a high level one. That was frightening. Never seen nothing like it. In fact I was I was the first one through the door on that case. So as I'm walking in, I can see this thing running. It was running down the hall. It was short. Looked, looked like a little penguin. You know? Um, I remember I had a new psychic who did the prelim with me. We go out to the garage. We're looking around. We could smell vomit out in the garage. I'm taking my little notes and everything. And all of a sudden, I see her face turn white. And she's looking up in the rafters. And she says, don't you see it? I said, see what? She says it looks like a it looks like a penguin. It's up there and it's got red eyes. Nope, she never came back. So you do run into that stuff every once in a while. It's rare, you know. A lot of you know with TV and everything, you know, a lot of people think they automatically have demons in their house, but it's not. Because a ghost can act like a demon if they want to, or try and make the appearance that they're you know. There's there's, there's it's like Nancy Matt said if you, if 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 you're a murderer. And you're, I'm going to say ugly, you know, in life, and you die, you're going to stay that way. Okay? So you run into, you also run into these entities that, act, that, that try to act like they're demonic. And they're not. They're just plain mean. That's why, that's why as a paranormal team, you have to be really, really careful. When you go out on an investigation, just try to sort it out. Wow, Athena. 
That's crazy. That's some dark stuff. How did that go? Did I mean did things happen with the priest there or did the priest settle it down? But yeah, so I mean you have to be really cautious of the paranormal. That's that's why before the Catholic Church will come out usually, you know, to do a full exorcism, they want to have all the facts. So the paranormal team is the first line of defense for people. You have to take meticulous notes when you go out there and have everything lined up before they'll even consider coming out. It's a really um it's a really involved process. Really involved. And you know, it's not as easy as it looks on TV like so and so goes into a house, oh it's, we think it's a demon, let's call out so and so. Father so and so. Yeah, see like Athena says Priests went out over several sessions. The house was exercised. They just can't do it like all in one shot. They can't. Yeah, the land too. Yep. Absolutely. I believe it. Two weeks. But it is. So like when we get a phone call and somebody says, oh, I have a, I, I definitely think I have a demon in my house or I need, some, I need you to come out and, and, and cleanse the house. We just can't go in there and start cleansing away. That's not how it works. Because you don't know what you're dealing with yet. I mean, if you walk out and you you try to use the whole, you know, you, you try to use, um, say it's a Native American that you're trying to cleanse out. They're not going to respond to holy water. They're not going to they're not going to respond to something else. Okay. They're going to respond to, you know, sage, gifts, and all that. that that's, that's the stuff you have to look at. Yeah, see, Athena, two paranormal teams. You have to verify all that information before the church will get involved. And that's what makes it funny is because the church, you know, um, their policy for years has been that what we do, you know, that what we do as investigators is, bad, is, is, not, is not holy. And, but the problem is, it's a conundrum because, you know, we're the ones that they want to go out to be in the line of fire before they, because that way we'll do all the documenting for them, which is fine. You know, I did a house out in Yolo County where the people swore up and down it was a demon. And I go walking in, I'm doing my tour of all the bedrooms and then I'm seeing all these religious icons on the wall. This guy had these beautiful pictures and paintings. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? This, this isn't a demon. You're not dealing with a demon here because if, we were, if you were dealing with a demon, none of this stuff would be up on the walls. This stuff would all be on. That or upside down. But it'd be on the floor at least. So it took a lot of convincing to convince him that it wasn't a demon. Yeah, I believe it. Class A EVPs. I've got EVPs where I've got, I've got the uh, some kind of demonic thing telling me to get out of the house. And you could hear it. It sounds, it's, it sounds like an animal yelling at me. I've also got an EVP, a Class A EVP, where we're in the master bedroom of this house in, uh, in Arbuckle, and there's a voice whispering for, for um, 
who is it? For one of the saints, oh, Saint Gabriel, for Saint Gabriel to watch out. There's a warning. We're not there five minutes. There's a warning. Gabriel, watch out. So, I mean, yeah. So you run into all that stuff. But it's not as common as you think as people think it is, the way TV makes it out to be. It's not as common. But you have to be careful. Nan can tell you a little bit about that too. You have to be careful. Because you just can't go waltzing in somewhere when somebody says, Oh, I, I, I have a demon. I know it's a demon. Mm -mm. You have to figure it out. Or I get people that tell me every time, you know, like, all the time, just come out and do a cleansing. Nope. Lung cleansing doesn't fit all. It doesn't. That's why it's important to have a good psychic on the team. Always. And I see Anne in the waiting room. Yay! So let's bring Anne in. I can shut up and I'll bring Anne in now. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Charlotte. It has been a while. It has been a minute. It is good to see you. Thank you. Anne and I worked a case together, and um, she didn't assist with us in a case in Rockland. Oh, that's right. That's and it turned, out, it turned out very well. So what have you been up to? It's been busy lately, actually. It's been very busy. Yeah. Uh, helping families, helping kids. Um, I did a uh, little um, uh, episode for Haunted Hospitals. So that'll be on season four, somewhere in the middle to end of season four for Haunted Hospitals. Uh, where I talk about my childhood and and what happened to me. Um, I won't spoil it. You probably won't see this this coming on a haunted hospital episode. It's very different. Um, and just busy with my day job. Busy actually writing a book called cool. Living Through Death's Eyes. So that's about the close encounters I've had with living serial killers and their deceased victims at the moment wow. that the serial killer did their, what they did with them. Wow. Wow. What is it like? I mean, I, I know I grew up with, you know, psychic abilities, but not to the, not as strong as your abilities. So what is it like, you know, as a kid, cause I know we've had cases, joint cases together where, you know, we, we've run into children that, that have abilities. I've had a lot of cases like that lately and uh, my heart goes out to them because I, I see me, but the, on the flip side, I'm there to be able to facilitate helping the parents understand them better. So uh -huh. that they don't go the path that I did. It was pretty rough. It was pretty lonely and it was very isolating, but just helping them to communicate and making it okay to communicate rather than be freaked out by what's going on. Because sometimes with their abilities, it's the kid causing the toys to go off while they're sleeping. Other times they're bringing in other spirits and, and other people passing by because they're drawn to their abilities. Right. So there's a lot more weeding out what's going on in those cases. They're far more complicated. Did you find that? Because I had that situation too, because I know my family, because I have a vivid imagination anyway. So I know a lot, a lot of what was going on with me, they, they were saying, oh, you know, it's your imagination, you know, that you're not seeing this stuff. Don't worry about it. And I kept trying to convince them, you know, hey, I am seeing this stuff. It's in the house. You don't see it. Not my issue, <laughs> you know, even as a young kid. 
I mean, is, is that what? Because I know, like I said, you're a far stronger psychic than I am. I mean, so as a kid, you must have been really, I'm not going to say turned on, it sounds tacky, but your light must have been just, boom, your, your beacon. My world definitely was turned upside down from an early age, and that's because my parents didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I was describing people and places I had never met in, in life. They knew I had never met them, but I was doing it in such detail that it scared them, which is a pretty common uh, reaction for a parent when a child starts interacting in a way that that person is identifiable and recognizable to them, but they know they're no longer living. So mm-hmm. it, the common reaction is to be afraid. Well, the, the, what happens to the kid is they see that and they, oh, I don't want to scare mommy and daddy. So then, but they're still seeing this. So then they're very isolated and put into this um, lonely place. Absolutely. I, 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 that I understand. I understand that completely. Um, as you're, obviously, you, know, you, you started at a certain point with, with, with your strengths as they grew. What was going, what, what was going through your head? You know, like you say, is it being isolated? How did you feel about all that? Well, it was, it was a, a lonely learning process. There was a lot I didn't understand. So I had to figure it out for myself. And that revelation actually is what I talk about. And I actually realized some of it during the interview for haunted hospitals. Um, I'm not going to say too much. Oh, no, that's fine. I don't, that. don't want to give that part away. But in, in helping working with the families just to be there to listen as they will go through certain developmental phases as a child, two-year-old um, and girls are, and boys are different in, in their developmental, the same with the psychic abilities, but they come to different revelations, if you will, at different ages. So there'll be a point where depending on how strong and gifted the psychic is, they'll realize not only do they see dead people, they actually hear dead people or they can smell dead people or they feel that person's emotions. And sometimes they don't know that they're not their emotions. Mm-hmm. They're all of a sudden feel lonely or depressed or suicidal. They don't realize that's really not their emotions at all. It's the suicide victim that they're picking up on next to them. Absolutely. And that's that's that learning process. And as they grow at different ages and the teens are really hard on these kids because you got hormones to factor into that. And then if you're dealing with a, a spirit in spirit, that was hormones, that double decker is. Whew. That is, that is difficult. I was remembering some cases when we went on and you, you, you cracked me up and because <laughs> you, you see everything and, and um, not everything, certain things that happen. You know, like walking into wall. This is something that I talked about this the other day on my show about certain psychics that 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 see like 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 different eras. You know, when they're walking through a building, and Anne used to crack me up because she would she'd walk into walls and I would laugh because it was just. Hey, so it wasn't there. He wasn't there yeah. when I was walking. It was just funny as heck, you know. Or you know, or, or you and Sabrina, you know, we, we'd be walking down some some old town, and you and Sabrina would be like, "Oh, they're over there. They got their legs over over the railings. They're looking for their men. You know, the hookers." It was just funny. The whole the whole combination was funny. It's depending on the case, and depending what I'm being called to do, will depend on how I see things. 
Um, remember the chair, the rocking chair I sat in? Oh, yeah, I got footage of that still. My God, that's great footage. Oh, I'd love to get a copy of that footage. I will get you a copy of that. That'd be awesome. But I'll never forget in the rocking chair and just rocking back in time and seeing it in sepia where things were and then rocking forward and seeing present day and just going back and forth. And it was it was the first time I realized, hey, I can keep one foot in reality and I can take a peek back while I'm doing this. I don't have to totally ever let go of the present. Maybe I'll see some of those walls next time. Eh, not always, but I try. You know, we got, filming that stuff, we got some of the best paranormal footage that I've ever seen, you know, on, on some of those investigations. Like, when people look at the rocking chair thing, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there filming, and, and honest to God, every time she goes back, I think it was when you went back, you would yep. get blurry. And I was like, what am I seeing? So I'm moving the camera around, trying to see if something's going on with the camera, and then it dawns on me, no, this is happening to Anne. So Anne literally was was rocking back into whatever she was seeing, and the camera was picking it up. So she would go blurry when she was back, and when she'd come forward, she was clear again. It was insane. And I got like 10, 15 minutes of this footage. Yeah, it's, I, I definitely remember what it was like for me. I haven't seen that footage in a long time, but I'd love yeah. to get a copy of it. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, I'll get a copy of it for you. That was what, McCullough Hill? That was McCullough Hill, yeah. Hotel Leger? Yeah. That was the night your camera got thrown. My camera got flipped yep. and thrown that night. I got a little too curious. A little too uh, friendly with the men. <laughs> and I remember hearing the footsteps coming towards me. And I remember turning around going, I have no beef with you. And then they, they stopped. And then all of a sudden, they continued. And then your, the tripod and everything went flying down the hallway. Yeah, I actually don't. I Mr. Legere, I think, was chasing after the female that was after me and the camera. I think that's what the dynamic that actually happened in hindsight. That yeah. makes sense. There was a lot happened that night because I remember when you guys were down in, I think it was his bedroom. Yeah. Down at the end of the hallway and I was in yep. the hallway with the camera and I actually saw her come up the hallway. The blur started at the end of the hallway and I followed it. Of course, I didn't have record on because I'm an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens. I thought, am I seeing this or not? And that came up the hallway towards me, and I, I, I could feel the cold breeze as she went by. Yeah. And then she turned and went down the other hallway. And I remember, I'm trying to tell you guys, because everybody's sleeping, <laughs> you know, in the hotel, and I'm trying to be like, guys, things are happening in the hall, you know. But yeah, stuff like that, you know, we went on. Or like when we did, I think it was Ion Hotel, when the digital recorder got knocked out of your hand. Yeah, that actually... We lost uh, Patty when she was with us. Yeah, she got that's back and I pictures. Yeah, we got that picture of, of that moment when she got literally punched in the back. Yeah, was, she hurts so bad. Oh yeah, you could see it in the picture. I mean, you could just see that thing, that, that thing in motion moving. Yeah, it was very pronounced. Um, definitely different than like the dust orbs that people get. It's made it really easy to see. Hey, what is an orb in motion versus? What is a speck of dust? It's just blurring with the IR and reflect refractive lenses and all that. It's having that knowledge like you do of camera and optics and understanding the difference that mm -hmm. not every bug is an orb, but not every orb is a bug. Right. It's fun because you, you and I are both photographers. So, I mean, we, mm -hmm. you know, we explore and explores after cases. I explore after cases to take photos. And that's when the weird crap happens because, yeah, 
Like with the thing that went flying down the hall. Well, you know what? I just, I've never heard you cuss like that in years. Boy, that was a flurry of foul language when the camera went. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> All right, you go. <laughs> that was too funny, you know? And then the opera house. Oh, my God, I'll never forget that day. Remember, we were up all night after that, too, because we were just beside ourselves when you got that photo of the apparition. Yeah, that happened at, at noon. But somebody has the um, footage of me face down on the floor at 4 a.m. snoring and sounding like something very demonic going on that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get done with the investigation. I get this call from Ann. It's like it's late at night. It's like ten o'clock at night because you know you get home from an investigation. What do you do? You go you go through your stuff. You can't sleep, no matter how tired you are. And she says, "I got an apparition." And I said, "How? You know, okay." And the thing is, is I was standing right next to her. <laughs> you know, when when she took the photo, there was nothing there. There was nothing coming down that aisle. I saw something. I you saw it. I didn't see it. I actually caught her on film. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. Really cool. In fact, I don't know if you saw the one that that Jose on my team got. We got one upstairs. We got one on on the uh, balcony. Oh, two children. Okay, up on the balcony during an investigation with Channel Ten. I have not seen that. It's but not it does, quite as good as yours. But they I mean, use it's, the Catholic school used that for graduations. No, that's probably what it was. But they just appear because I had the command center set up on the second floor up there, and he went in and just started shooting, you know, pictures. And it's like the now you see it, now you don't, because there's the three photos and nothing. There they are, and then they're gone. There's well, in the balconies where I remember you getting some pictures of the fire and the and the oh, yeah. of that. Yeah. And then two film students from Ventura came up, Kane and Jeremy, and had were watch were filming me douse. And I was actually talking to Mr. Porter and, and a lady in green. And they actually watched the little orbs come on in and respond to what I was saying. And I was I wasn't able to see them, but I could feel them. And, and they could hear their comments in the background is, oh, my gosh, what is, what is happening here? What is going on? Can you see that? <laughs> it was nice that, you know, we that we all went in because when I went in later with my team, I was able to cross verify that stuff because I picked up like, you know, like, like, like you know, like, the, like when we went with Sabrina that time and remember the pearl mm -hmm. when that yep. happened? And that's when she said, take a picture in front of my face, take a picture in front of my face. And I got those splotches. And so when I went in, I was up on the second, I was on the balcony with my team. I was shooting down, you know, into the um, seating area and I got the same splotches. Only get this, they were red and green. Hmm. Down the seating Those are the two ladies of the opera house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this it was nice because you had that cross verification, you know. Yep. No, it, it's very distinctive. I at Opera House is such a neat thing because by the colors, I it's anybody can see it, anybody can experience it. You really don't have to be psychic or no. medium to see what happens there. And this is like when you're sitting in the park and you're out back corner of your eye, you see a person sitting, and then you turn and look, and there's nobody there. Anybody can have that experience. The Opera House is a a neat combination of a melding point of the average person that says, oh, I can't see anything, really can have an experience. Yes. With Armstrong Algae across the street, when we take people up in there, everybody will have an experience of some kind. may mm -hmm. not be pleasant, but they'll have an experience. 
I also remember the time I was filming you coming down the stairs. Sabrina was there. And something had jumped into your body. You looked at me and you said, no, I mean, real deep voice. <laughs> no photographs. And I'm kind of standing there. Sabrina goes, it's not Anne. And I'm like, what? You know. But yeah, and then it hit me and I thought, yeah, why would Anne say no photographs when I'm filming video? It doesn't make any sense. You know? And what was interesting with that is a video back then. As a few investigations later with my team, Janelle, who had a gift for getting ghost pictures, Janelle has a gift for this. And she was going up the stairs and around like halfway, because you know, there's that that gentleman, there's this guy that guards the stairs. He's like he's like a stage manager. And he's pushed people and he's done this, you know, different things. Yeah. Janelle was going up the stairs, took a picture, and she got this orb right up i mean real real bright bright orb at the stairs that was in motion mm -hmm. and I went, oh my god it's him mm -hmm. saw him on the stairs There's a round suit with a rounded um hat with a short brim on it he is very distinctive he he is he, he basically runs the whole place and the flow of things and anybody that comes and goes spirit or otherwise uh has to go through him yeah yeah so that was interesting. That's why, like I said, when, when we went back in on our own, it was nice because we could cross verify what a what what your team had gotten. You know, so I knew pretty much once I saw the stuff, like when it was up on the stairs, I went, oh, yeah, OK, I know what that is. I've actually um, I've got a conference coming up to speak down in Ventura, California at the Majestic. And I'm wondering if one of my ladies ever performed there, if they're going to come join me at the Majestic when we do that conference. So if anybody wants to come down, um, that's uh, uh, PacificCoastParacon.com. Come on down at the Majestic. It, it, there's a lot of really neat people that are going to be there. Patty's going to be there. Um, and, and other very gifted uh, mediums and sensitives that are it really should draw in those uh, top performers of the past. That's cool. That happened to me at Sacramento Theater Company. I don't mm -hmm. know if you, yeah, because yeah, you knew Madame Macheska. Yeah, I remember that. That, that for me. Really yeah. That uh, was something that I was wondering if that would happen too, because I didn't know anything about that. It was like, Sabrina goes, oh no, she's looking for you. And I went, who? <laughs> you know? So I remember, remember hearing the bejeebers out of an investigator there oh my god he found these these claw things and came around and yeah there was a christening involved and uh soiled always always <laughs> it's just like I've, I've been telling people about the up the um changing room up there or that 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 costume room up there too when i experienced when i heard the footsteps coming towards me then i moved over by you <laughs> and then poor janelle walks in and i'm watching her face and I could tell that she heard him because she kept looking over there, looking back at us. And I was like, yeah, she heard it too. That was followed by a, a couple of heavy doors slamming yes. that business. Yes. And a whole bunch of other things went on there. That's... And those mannequins in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Remember YOLO with the mannequin upstairs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then Karen Clark. Did you see that? <laughs> That's a mannequin. <laughs> I wasn't used to her, you know, at that point. I'm walking in the dark, you know, and all of a sudden, <laughs> did you see that? Oh, hell. But yeah, I mean, yeah, and that was where, before, when Karen and I did the walkthrough up there too, was where the boxes were like stacked up on the sides of the, the, the walkway. And the boxes, as we, were, as we were going, were moving. That place was 
Ella acted that night. That's there's been a lot of places over there. It's been neat to see how places have changed as well from over 10 years ago or 15 years ago, having revisited the places that still stand. Um, it's been incredibly interesting. Like uh, the basement at the Carey house hasn't changed a bit. Right. My daughter was with me on that and she actually ran out of the basement at the Carey house. Poor thing. Um, <laughs> like she wasn't having it. <laughs> well, she's young yet, you know, she'll, she'll, yeah. Oh, yeah she, she's something. pretty fearless, but when they're unsavory minors that have only one thing on the mind, yeah, uh, yeah I put two and two together. Yeah. So. Hey, did they, um, which hotel was it that had the room that had the, had the bullet hole? There's been so many. I thought it was I own it and then they, and they redid the room and there's no bullet hole anymore. I want to say McCollum Hill Hotel Legere. Oh, maybe it was that one. Because that one had the 29 killings in one day. It holds the record. Okay, for maybe it was that one because that, that bullet hole was at bed level <laughs> up in that room. That holds a number of records. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. There's a plaque out there. It's talking about that. Boy, mm -hmm. That's how it was happening. We've been doing a lot of mining and investigations up in Placerville lately. So that's been the huge uh, request for residents. I don't know what's happening with the miners, but um, it's been really fascinating because what in mines, you know, I don't always see spirits and it's not always demonic. Sometimes there are things like called Tommy knockers. Yes. And so there's one particular residence where there were a ton of them, not just one like at Willow Steakhouse, but a whole bunch of them. And then we come and did the research to go with it. And there was an, a couple tr tremendous tragedies in those mines, some which we could verify and other ones were, are just rumors through the years. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had an entire conversation with uh, some deceased miners and the resident happened to have a rabbit and they kept commenting about the rabbit and the carrot were gonna make a great stew during the, the investigation. <laughs> Not sure how the homeowner took that, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, we ran into a couple Tommy knockers up there too on investigations. Jerry wants to know what a Tommy knocker is. Ooh. It looks like a demon, to be honest. It is. It has no skin. It looks like a pissed off gargoyle with red eyes and no wings, with long spindly arms and long fingers and nails that are terribly um, distressing to see. The the thing to see it really does look demonic, but it's as curious mm -hmm. and, and protective at its space as anything else. So it's more curious about us than we are about it, but it's so protective, mm -hmm. you do not cross those barriers in the areas that it protects. It's protecting the miners, it's protecting the space and the gold that, that lies mm -hmm. therein. So it's a really, it's a protector specific to the miners. Um, they don't come above ground, they cannot. Um, and I've yet to figure out why, but uh, they certainly can take a swipe at you, like at Willow Steakhouse. One is actually clawed customers that have sat. There's a seat that sits right above the open mine, and they ha they've gotten claw marks there, and they've seen its red eyes. It, it's it looks like a demon, but it is it is not as nasty as the thing looks. It actually is not. Isn't part of the legend with that too is that the miners would hear them. Knock, knock. knock. That was the knock. whole thing to knock, knock before the, the mines would collapse. Yep. They try yeah. to warn miners because they're there to protect the miners. Mm -hmm. So when they heard that, that's why 
um, there, but the, the, some of those explosions that happened, like what we got with the recent investigation is the miners were trying to get to dinner, which is why the, the whole rabbit stew thing came up. They were rushing when they were putting the dynamite in and a bunch of them were present. They were trying to rush so they could get to dinner. So the wives were nearby and heard the explosion and they only recovered body parts for some of them. Um, but it happened around 4.30 p.m., 4.38, actually is what they gave us. And the Tommyknockers did warn them. There were several of them there. The miners didn't listen and accidentally blew themselves up. And it, it was a huge, yeah, disaster. Ah, uh, Christina, what's your question? You got a question. Okay. And we'll continue so she gets her question in. Um, yeah, we've we've had a couple cases in Placerville and 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 Camino that had to do with Tommy knockers. Very interesting, and they're and, and they're supposed to be mischievous as well. So um, depends on the rumors and the legends. I mean, yeah. I haven't really run into a mischievous one. They're, they're such protectors, and they're like a, a, a curmudgeon of the uh, the other side. <laughs> They, there's other things that tend to be mischievous more than those. What do you think is the most active hotel in the gold country? The most, well, that's been changing lately. Um, with the, I'd have to say the most active one right now in gold country would be over in Virginia city. Okay. Um, that's that area has been far more active and it's because they like the the entertainment and they like the interaction they haven't had it with the pandemic going on so now when people head over on a routine basis to uh, the silver queen um those places are more active than they've ever been um mccallamy hill and hotel legere was far more active prior um i own hotel is is still very active. We were actually just there the other day, stopping by to say hello to the owners. Um, those are the ones that stand out. There are several others that can be active, but not 24 seven. Right. Like those particular ones. Um, Jackson uh, uh, National Hotel actually was pretty darn active and has been more active recently. Um, ghost hunters upset the lady upstairs i don't know what happened there but they were not respectful in her opinion and she let me know it so <laughs> i we actually may be called back in there to help calm things down because it is a miss right now wow yeah i know the murphy's hotel has also been remodeled because the last time i was there they were just starting the the, the, the remodel that's so, yeah i haven't been up there in a, in a long yeah. but yeah. other hot hotbed yeah, yeah, yeah. The gold country. Yeah, I, I, I can see that though because everything was so quiet for so long. Yeah, that's. Now there's other ones that don't haven't changed no matter what. Like Carrie has always been um, pretty consistent, um, with a lot of different type of energy, and that's part of that's the land where it's at. It's physically located on the mines and the shafts that are still there. Um, just because they're boarded it up doesn't mean the holes aren't there under behind them. Right, right, right. So. When you do a residential, you know, in a family, um, you know, things have changed over with the TV shows. I mean, there's been a drastic change in people's opinions about 
what's in their house. Because, I mean, years ago, going out, and I, and I tend to say this, it was always Uncle Bob. It was always, you know, it was always, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now when, when, we get, when you get calls, it's always, you know, it's always something bad. And I, I don't know if it's TV's influence or. I think it or, is TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so many, God, so many cases. Oh, it's something demonic. Um, part of that's twofold. One, it's their religion and that's what they're taught to believe in, in their religion. And which will, we've had all cases of all, as you know, all different religions. Um, but the other thing with TV and that influence I'll hear, oh, I saw it on TV. And, um, unfortunately it's so rare. I have experienced the real thing. We do not handle those cases. Mm -hmm. However, on accident, I did stumble into one and six people saw me lifted up and thrown against a wall. And all that happened from that. And Dave likes to remind me about that. Uh, don't go off by yourself. Don't go into attics. Um, don't be too curious when you see critters with horns and hooved feet. Um, <clears throat> he's right. He's right. He's very right. I right. can't disagree. You don't go off by yourself. Here's an extended question. Sure. Don't be that curious. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do as I do or have done. <laughs> Here's a question here. I, I'd rather have you read it. Since you're speaking about Tommy Knuckers, what happened in my case when I kept hearing three knocks in my closet almost every night as guests would hear it at the door or window and, and of course, not on my back. She killed my battery. Uh, my phone's about to die now. Here, <laughs> door, window. No one's there, and the daughter's hearing the knocks. Okay, so three knocks is what her question is. I lost my son, I believe, a couple of months later. Um, Okay, she goes into a couple different things, and I think she's getting a couple different things, which when there's a lot of different things going on, it's easy to get overwhelmed or not know which is which. So I saw three different elements going on there. That would be something I would need to go out, do an investigation to properly differentiate and assess, and then use debunkers. We use sensitives and debunkers hand in hand. It's not one or the other in our world. Because they, you know, if you've got a carbon monoxide leak or a gas leak, which we have had, sometimes a family member's trying to let you know, hey, don't do this or you might blow up. So it, the debunkers really pay a key, help play a key role in helping say, okay, yes, we've got things going on, but this is actually something you need to deal with. This is, other thing is your kid is actually playing with the toys while they sleep. It's called PK, psychokinetic energy. And meanwhile, mom has, who has passed isn't happy with the way you're behaving on the side. So, so you've got three, you'll have three different things going on. Now, in this case that she's ta off talking about this three knocks, I wouldn't automatically assume it's a Tommy knocker or that it's bad. There might be a another reason. So you go in, you do an investigation and you find out, okay, we know we have knocking. We know what happens then. What are all the possibilities that's causing it? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So what do you think, you know, over the years doing this stuff, what do you think has been the highlight so far of what you've done? What case that sticks out most in your mind, you know, of help you gave somebody or, you know, a building that you guys worked in? 
as far as a building that impressed me the most, Waverly Hills Sanatorium, the Death Tunnel. Ooh. And I had to go back up into the sanitarium by myself at dawn. To this day, there is an earring of mine there. They kept it. And that place, I will never forget the feeling. I have never felt that kind of energy, that kind of anything. So as far as a location, that would be the one. As far as helping a family, there's been a lot. And each one is so personal. I mean, there's one recently that um, it made a difference of the, of the couple staying together or not. It made the difference that the kid no longer was being scratched. It was such an unusual and a situation we'll never run across again. Mm-hmm. There are things about the case that they'll be able to move on with their lives together and have a fighting chance to stay together. Whereas before we came in, they wouldn't, I know they would no longer be together. They would have been gone different ways, just helping them understand what was, what was going on and why they were having these feelings when they, they weren't their feelings. It wasn't their anger. It was a family member that didn't like somebody else and was using that, what they knew they could do to irritate and to change a situation. And here they are, they're dead. You know, how dare you? How dare you scratch a two-year-old child? How dare you? Um, The child at the end of it was standing up to bad grandma and telling her, no, bad grandma, no. I was never so proud of a a little one to be able to stand up rather than, when I first met him, he was screaming, crying, going into the closet. He'd he'd be fine interacting. In my head, I'll ask him to bring his favorite things. He kept bringing oranges. And then when bad grandma came in, he just total terror, different child. By the time we were done with the investigation, and I'll always follow up with these guys, um, he was standing up. Two years old, he was standing up and owning his space, which is, we had the most difficult time teaching adults to do that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's incredible. Um, Let's talk about Brookdale Lodge a little bit. Oh, yeah. We had some fun there. That was some fun. Poor Alan. Um, <laughs> that freaked Alan out, boy, I'll tell you. That photo you got, we were sitting having dinner, just kind of hanging out. Roger. Roger, who's now here. I, I actually, that's a place I would like to go back to. He said, he told me when in life, he's died three times. He will never leave Brookdale Lodge. I know he is still there in spirit. And I'd like to go, go say hi to him. And when that gets up and that's a place I, that, that's my heart. I would love to go back. It's so beautiful. So if ever that opportunity arises, I'm there. Yeah, me too. But uh, we were all having dinner and you got that photo of poor Alan um, of a hand reaching through his head. He freaked. Yeah. And it's clear as day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there were a lot of interesting photos. There's things that I, to this day, I don't, can't understand. Um, part of it was because it was used as a, uh, as a speakeasy and a uh, gang hideout and uh in the roaring 20s so um it's definitely had that gangster then he had the lair of the native americans that were slaughtered um on the premises he had that lady in the pool where the all of a sudden the pool had this ripple go across it when it was completely still but he was in it and this ripple goes one ripple as if somebody's swimming across the pool roger was the gentleman that um was kind of like the caretaker for the whole for the property 
Yeah. But he, um, it, it was kind of like, you know what? It was kind of like The Shining in a way. <laughs> yeah. They were connected to him as much as he was connected to them. Yes. And I remember when I went through the front door of that place, the first thing I thought, it, I saw the gangster standing there, just like in The Shining. And they had their drinks, and they were and they were saluting me as I came into the door. I'm I mean, about that's what it felt like. Yeah. Caller on my phone from that last question a while back. You're hooking up. Looked in here, so see me reaching around, grabbing. You're reading that power, boy. You know how things zap. Yeah. So that Tommy, now, she's she's also very sensitive too. By the way, the one with yeah. the three knocking question. Yes, she and, is. And that's that curiosity is what zapped my phone. Bless her heart. She is welcome to reach out to me. I'm happy to have a conversation with her and help her down that path. Okay. There. Now my phone has is plugged in, so it can't be zapped again. That can work. So, yeah. So, when, I remember walking in there, and it reminded me of The Shining. That scene when he goes into the ballroom, you know, the first time, and all everybody's in there, you know, having their New Year's Eve party or whatever the hell it was. That's what it looked like. I mean, all the gangsters turned around and, you know, lifted their drinks, and that was that when we walked in. And that place was crazy. And that's where I remember you scared me because we were down in that little conference room area and I was filming and you said, well, there's something dark next to you with red eyes. And I'm like, what the hell is it after me for? <laughs> I don't want this thing near me, you know? Yeah. There, there's a lot of things there. Um, there's a lot of unanswered questions and layers to that. We didn't begin to t scratch the surface. Oh no, no, no. What's going on there. Oh no. And the little girl. Mm, yep. Brook room. Oh, picture that Michelle took in the where in the brook she got that full apparition but it wasn't old school like what the the story was it was modern day clothing she yeah. was clothed from the 70s yeah and there she was running where there was a sheer drop off there's yeah. no way any human could go where that little girl was oh yeah if you guys have never been to the Brooktail Lodge it's incredible because they, they, they literally built it over a brook and it runs right through the center of the building and you can sit there and they, they have tables and stuff on either side of it so you can have dinner. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful place for a wedding. It's It, it changes at night. I wouldn't want to have my honeymoon there. I'd go somewhere else. But during the day, it's fantastic. But when that evening hits... The layers of history just come back, and they come back loudly. I remember I had concerns for you. I remember when I found out how many ghosts that were reported to be haunting that place, and I, I remember talking to Dave, mm. and I said, oh, my God, there's like 100 ghosts in that place, and I was going to go crazy <laughs> when she gets in there because they're, like, in there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of reports of people that – stay in the guest rooms and, and they see these gangster ghosts and some of them are, are shot and they're, you know, they're just mangled and all this. But I mean, it's an incredible place. And I remember the, the ghosts themselves, some of them were shy because they were there with their mistresses. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to talk to us. We had to convince them to talk to us, you know, but th that was, that, that was incredible. Just incredible place. I'd love to go back knowing and with the, the experience, because it's, yeah. it's years that I've gained in that 10 years, I am far, far more um, grounded and not so curious. So I'm able to have the the correct conversations rather than just be looking around. Oh, squirrel. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, there's unfinished so, there for me. To be able to go back with, with the knowledge that we, that we have now, like you say, 
as opposed to what we were like back then. Yeah. Big difference. Big difference in how to handle it, you know, and how to go about doing it. Oh, I was terrified of being filmed back then. That that scared oh, the yeah, That was funny too. That was funny too. And then I used to, you know, we didn't have wire. We, we had a wireless system, but it didn't work really well. I remember the time off the house, you guys were wired up. You went in the women's restroom. You didn't know it. And we're sitting there and I, I got the headphones on. I'm like, oh my God, they're having a conversation in the bathroom. <laughs> and we were laughing, you know, some of us were really cracking up over it. And then I went to the, the, the uh, corded mics. Remember that? Yeah. You took both down the stairs of the island hotel oh god that was funny you, you pert near took me out that day <laughs> <laughs> i remember that it's like oh she doesn't like me anymore bro that has a lot of energy so when you got when you follow Anne, and when Anne gets onto something it's game over it's like, <laughs> it's like following an nfl lot um, um wide receiver <laughs> so you're on the run from the second hand gets moving. So here, here we're tethered by like 10, 15 feet of cord. And I'm trying to keep up with her to get up and down the stairs. At my own hotel. Good thing I was young. <laughs> I'm younger. Thank goodness for, for wireless mics now. Yes. Yes. When we switched over to wireless mics, it was a huge difference. You know, when, when I switched the shotgun mics, it was even a huge difference. When we started <laughs> doing that stuff. It was craziness chasing her around. Yikes! <laughs> it hasn't changed. You guys, you guys are you guys changed. are always hiding the bathroom, and I knew there were ghosts, and that's how I knew there were ghosts in the bathroom. And I thought they're in the bathroom now. I know it. Yeah, they're talking to dead people. Well, and the fun thing is now with that kinetic SLS, we can actually kind of put a visual rather than just the dosing rod. So we can put a yeah. visual when we're having that interaction or yes. the, the flare. We'll pull out the thermal imaging and go. Okay. Um, somebody's having a seat to have a conversation right there. That's I like the SLS. And like I told them earlier on the show, I'll only work with it with a psychic. Hmm. Smart. Because that way you get that interaction and, you know, you can't really debunk it either. Because, I mean, Cheryl's will trigger it. You got all this stuff that'll trigger it. But like like what happened to us at the, at the cemetery investigation when Karen was out there, she was 10 feet away from it. There was no one behind the grave. And there's this stick figure and Karen says, well, he says he had a broken foot. I'm going to ask him to lift it. And she kept asking him to lift it. And of course it responded. So it was like, okay, yeah. we're good. Let's just film this sucker. You know? Yep. I love the SLS. That's <laughs> been, if, if I were to have a new favorite toy, it would be the SLS on the flare for my friend. Yep. New interact. Yep. Oh yeah. But those I have the most fun with. <laughs> I agree. I love the SLS. Don't leave home without it. That's what I say. Rempod, Remy's been uh, been good for us. We'll leave him filming with a a grid on him and some other toys, depending on what's going on. And and that's a nice way to help um, kind of screen a a bigger area. So we'll uh -huh. focus on a different area that's more active, or and just let that roll with a camera. So how we do it's changed so much, and it will always be changing. Oh yeah, is developed and. The, the cool thing is technology is finally able to marry up some of these, these hypotheses and um, they're understanding the use of a Geiger counter and how to use a Geiger counter with the other uh, elements because 
it's a different part of the MF spectrum. It's, it's another tool. It's another way to screen it. Just like with SLS, you've got screening that way. With your EMF, you're able to screen there. If you've got somebody who passed of, you know, cancer or we're going through dialysis, the Geiger counter picks up on them more easily. And it's another tool, but a lot of folks don't understand it. Being an x-ray tech as a career, I understand it, but the the giant um, atomic bomb um, Geiger counter, not what I'm talking about. I had one. <laughs> I think I think I had one at one point. <laughs> that was the first Geiger I had was the atomic bomb one, that big yellow thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever know I what happened. I still have it. Still in my box. It was fun. Um. And my daughter is is nudging but me no, here no. real quick. Kelly, pop up, Kelly. There. Let's see. And now I have a new one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Right. Sit. Nope. Nope. Can't sit up there. You completely froze, Miss Charlotte. I think she overwhelmed you. <laughs> I dropped off to where the Mario's um, drop off, you know, when, when you're playing uh, Super Mario. It's that little area. I think there's a lot of people online in this neighborhood. When that happens, usually that's because everything's overloaded in the, in the hood here. <laughs> well, Everybody's looking up that shooting and everything, you know? Oh, now I was downtown at 1145 before that happened at a spot I never normally am in because I was driving home from work and I realized I, I needed more gas. So I thought, I'll stop by the gas station on J Street. I know exactly where to go, where to. I pulled in the gas station. I was like, something's not right tonight. Something's amiss. I pulled around. I got, I got my gas. And I kept looking down towards where the shooting would happen down J Street. And I, I had a panic attack. I said, I'm like, I have to get out of here. I can't put any more. I, I had to get out. I stopped gassing up at the bare minimum and went to pull out and I stopped and I just kept looking down J street. I'm like, something's not right. Mm. Get out of here. So I make a, a right. I turn and I go by Sutter and I, for the first time really saw the entrance to Sutter ER and the ambulances and just thinking they're going to be busy later. They're going to be hella busy. Okay, I'm off duty. Time to go home. Get out of here. This is not a good place to be. And I headed on home. And it was the next morning I found out what had happened. And I was spitting distance from from that event. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. It, See, I thought about going out to shoot some late night photos last night, you know, down at the bridge and stuff. And I got partway there and thought, you know what? I just don't feel like it tonight. I don't know why, but I just don't feel like going out there tonight. And that's why I teach people, listen to your inner voice. Even if you don't think or consider yourself to be psychic, if your gut says, don't go this way, don't do this, listen to it. You don't have to be a psychic or a medium to have family members that are out there looking out for you going, no. <laughs> In mama voice, no. <laughs> listen, and you'll be a lot around with us a lot longer. <laughs> Question of the chat room is, can you tell who's around people if you're on the phone with them? Yeah, I can actually. I, I work through um, different mediums. I can do things, what I do over the phone. Um, 
that's one of my uh, caveats to uh, helping people remotely as I figured out how to make that connection. That's how I find missing persons. I actually was lucky enough to locate a missing person up in Vancouver, um, Canada, and to the exact place and location where she would be the next morning, got the family to go there. They reunited with her. Um, I was, I have been to Vancouver, so I knew the buildings. So when I saw this particular red brick, brick building, I'm like, I know I can find it. Um, and I went on Google maps and I searched the streets until I found the spot that I saw in my head. And I went, okay, she's going to be there and she's going to be there tomorrow morning. Um, lucky enough, she was, she really was. So that's cool. The living and not just the dead. That is really cool. What do you say to people that want to start ghost hunting? Um, why are you doing it? Why are you, what question identify? Why are you doing it to help somebody? Are you doing it? Cause you think you're going to be on TV or you think you're going to make money at it? Um, no, I don't make money at this. And that's not why I do it. I do it to help people, but other people think that they can make a career out of it. And some of them can, but mm -hmm. it's not a primary living. I'm an x-ray tech. That's my job. Um, I have other things I do. I make dousing rods. I uh, make custom jewelry. I do things like that for folks. But it's not a career for most people. Hello, Allie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> She's so cute. And very gifted. Before she was born, she would play with the toys that she loved uh, when she was in my tummy. And I'd walk into her room and in her crib and the same toys would go off. She was playing with them already. Wow. Just wow. As it uh, like, like you like you talked about how she was having no, you know, no, no part of the um, ghost down in the basement at, at, uh, the, at, at the hotel in Placerville. Has she has she had. I'm sorry. Has she had a hard time with it? No, I talk to Uncle Dan all the time and it's, she understands not everybody sees what she sees. Um, since she's little, 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 I've taken her to specific places to help her understand what's ghost, what's human. Um, they're not, they're just, they, they look different. They feel different. Um, uh, the Delta King is a great spot for little ones to go and experience a little girl there, especially near rain. Um, so some of these kids that I work with in the families, I let them know what places they can take their kids to, if you want a safe spot to be able to help teach them what they're seeing and feeling. And basically to, you know, reinforce, this isn't a bad thing. It, it's, it just is different. And just cause you can't see it as the parent doesn't mean that the child isn't. So they, they need help understanding the difference. They need help learning. And I started her very young. She, you know, I, there's an investigation I did. I was nursing her on the investigation. Um, so she's come with me all along. And I have to say, before I was a mom, I was very against having kids on investigations. Mm -hmm. I do not let her on every investigations. Ones that are more intense, um, that require more uh, family work over delicate issues. I do screen out that. The places that are known to me and safe, yeah, absolutely. I take her to and let her learn now, just like with anything. If you learn it early, it's easier when you're an adult. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
How old is she now? She's almost eight. Wow. God, time flies. Yeah, our little blessing that wasn't supposed to be. How cool is that? Time flies. She looks like her daddy. It depends on her expression and her mood. <laughs> I bet she's daddy's little angel. Oh, yeah. And she's a good dowser, too. Is she? Yeah. She's very good with the dousing rods. She's a little natural like me. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, good for you, Allie. I'm just watching my iPad. You're always watching your iPad. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what that's the world. Yeah. 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 What wisdom do you have to impart for somebody that wants to use their psychic abilities out in the field? Ground yourself beforehand. Take time, you know, find how to, and what is grounding? It's, well, you're trying to take a moment, sit down, put both feet on the ground where you just kind of center. If you're in yoga, you're just going to find that calm spot breathe and get rid of the junk so you're not going into that situation with anything else ground center quiet your mind and then go forward with where you know if you're in a car it's just pause to just get rid of unload everything else then you can go and experience that that situation much more clearly Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of psychics out there that think that they're cut out to be on a paranormal team, but you know, I, sometimes I don't think some people realize what it entails. It's a lot. It's, we're always learning something new. Um, you have to have an understanding and be able to read people because sometimes there's situations where like with, uh, when I'm dousing, um, I have to ask questions in my head and I have to, the person has to ask questions in their head because what they're thinking is not something to be said out loud or it's something to be handled in, in person, in mm -hmm. private. Um, so it's a response. Hang on, Allie, stop spinning, please. Thank you. <laughs> it's something not to be handled you know, willy nilly. It's you, you are going into other people's homes. It is not just shaking everything up to get some activity. Most people have questions. Most people have really sensitive, delicate pasts. They may have just had a family member they think might have been murdered. They might have been raped that they're wondering is, does this person feel guilty for doing that? Say they're, they're gone and they're wondering. These are all questions and, and more that people have that are weighing on their minds and their hearts. And if you just go in like a bull in a china closet, you're disrespecting not only the person you're there that has reached out for help, you're disrespecting the spirits that are around that person trying to get whatever answers across. Well, it's a huge responsibility and that's what people don't realize. You know, you're, 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 you're dealing with people's lives. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going to walk in there and, you know, you're going to do your thing and then everything's all fine and dandy. It's not like that because like Ann says, there's there's all kinds of factors involved. And, and, and what happens is, is usually during these investigations, you find out the skeletons in the closet, literally, you know, what, what's going on with people's families. And it, it can be very, very hard and it's very stressful sometimes, some of these cases. No, it's, it, it takes a, 
you know, if you have a background in any type of social science or anything that helps teach you empathy and how to really put yourself in that person's shoes, it's going to go a long ways because this isn't just about finding ghosts. Mm -hmm. Do we find some along the way? Yeah. But there's a lot of science. There's a lot of um, chemistry. There's a lot of knowledge that you need to have as well. Um, you need to have photography background. I really think every every paranormal investigator should take some basic class in photography. I recommend it because there's a lot of different things that happen optics wise that help you not just as a sensitive, but as a looking at from a scientific um, viewpoint. And you want to help people understand, okay, yeah, this over here, we can't quite explain that, but this is a spider web that you're looking at with um, night vision that reflects very differently at a very, when it's in very close proximity, you can't see it. Like when you're holding a, a magnifying glass and it's not at the right angle, it's all blurry and funky. Um, but when you add that night vision to it, it does this funky thing. It makes it just bright white and it looks like an orb. Well, It'll, when you see how the air current's been moving with stuff, here, this bug kind of floats in the same direction, whereas an orb, it can have a very different light source, a different travel. It'll travel against where that current may be in the room. It might interact with somebody and actually stop and hang out in that one location. Alexandria, please don't play the piano right now. <laughs> Thank you. Or you might have your DVR camera set up facing, I don't know what the hell it was facing. And a spider comes down, it looks like it's about 10 feet tall Yay. on the DVR camera. Oh, and or there's people that don't understand the SLS technology and they'll think they'll see like a spider thing. Well, that's the SLS trying to find its points when it can't and seeing something that helps, but it so it looks like the spider critter. Mm -hmm. um, no, it has to actually look like a stick person and it can only pick up on two people. So if you have two investigators, you're not going to get anything. Mm -hmm. Only one person or somebody off to the side if there's more than one spirit that's showing themselves. Right. But it only has a max of two. Things like that, people don't take the time. Read your equipment. Don't just take it out of the box and go, oh, I've been fighting ghosts. No. <laughs> read, the, read the, actually read the labels. Understand the EMF spectrum. Do your research. Get smarter. Um, understand what a fear cage is and the, and the physical effects people could have from too high EMF in an area. They might be having horrible stomach aches and headaches and they don't realize they are surrounded by all these electronics that's making them miserable. This has nothing to do with ghosts. We did a case out in uh, the so Bay Area <laughs> where, uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, we did a case out in the Bay Area with this older woman, and uh, she was seeing stuff and talking to people. And uh, we did the touchery. This is the other thing you got to do too: is you got you got to be really into people, you know, in, into what people need, you know, into their stuff. Come to find out that she was on this medication that could cause her to hallucinate. And That's once she got off the medication, no more ghosties. That's why we do prelims. That's yep. It's not just about that. It's about finding the illegal things that could put us at risk. There's too. the minister asked us to help him out. And there was <clears throat> a marijuana grow area in the back that we stumbled across and had to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All kinds of 
fun stuff you run into. That I got chased out. My team got chased out by a guy with a gun. One yeah. time. Pro- probably a good thing to do a prelim ahead of those. So. We did. And he wasn't there that day. <laughs> Whoops. He was demanding the evidence right then and there like they do on TV. And, I, and of course, he must have had like 10 beers or something in him. I never seen my team pack up equipment that fast before ever. <laughs> I mean, they just, I didn't care where they threw it. We're like, okay, we're done. Off, we're out the door. And he's out in the driveway going, I want to know. I want to know. Goodbye. Yeah, not okay. <laughs> but uh, it can be exciting. But you you have to be involved with your clients. Anne's right. You know, you have to. And you have to put people on your staff who have knowledge of stuff. You have to have a well-rounded staff. Absolutely. The, the, the wide variety of wide knowledge base is invaluable. Um, we currently have a, a nurse, a registered nurse that is, um, I love it. She uh, comes and she's our debunker and does our prelims. And she's amazing at um, reading people as well as the knowledge base to look at their med list. And, you know, you really should have this checked out or you actually should use the medicine you're being prescribed. Um, and she has this just down to earth way of putting it. So absolutely. Miss Jen on our team. Absolutely. And thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, Allie. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll have to touch base again, you and I. Absolutely, I'll uh, I'll look for that uh, the uh, that, that footage. Yeah, yeah. From there, we'll have to sit down with Dave and touch base and everything, and you know. Well, and let's share the Native American perspective and and background that he has. Oh, absolutely, that would be wonderful. Those stories are are rare and unique, so uh, definitely reach out to him on that. Okay, sounds good. All right, you have a good evening. Oh, um, how can people find you? Um, you can find us on uh, BenderParanormal.com. We have a contact a link that you can reach out to us for whatever your need is. And uh, we definitely will get back with you real soon, let you know one way or the other. If you're out of area, we have other people we've networked with that can help you outside the area. Um, and I do do readings for um, donation to, uh, to, to help animals. So I'll, I do that um oh no more than a one or two per week ever so i book out a little bit far but i do superstar <laughs> yes all right i'll see you definitely I'll... Dave's daughter yeah that's it that's just she's definitely chip off the old block on that one absolutely hi Allie. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right okay well you have a good evening you guys okay bye 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 have a good one Okay, that was a great show. I I I loved. I could talk to Anne for hours. That was a lot of our issues. We talked too much. She used to get in trouble all the time. But uh, tomorrow we're going to be shifting gears a little bit. John Sumple from J3 Films is going to be with us. John Sumple has made three documentaries on UFOs, abductions, and, and things like that. And he has uh, interviewed and done a documentary on one of the people that has had the most abductions. And uh, the most research done on this guy. So we're going to be talking to him about this stuff. So he'll be here. We're back at usual. We're back at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow Pacific. And uh, hopefully you guys can come in for that. And I hope you enjoy this show. Um, we try to work. You know, you try to unify with other teams to work with them. And, and I can honestly say that 
when we get overloaded or when I get sick or something and we can't handle cases, I, I, I try, I, I will ask Bender Paranormal to take our cases because, because we work similarly because I, I trained, you know, under their original team. And so it's kind of, it's kind of like, I'm not saying we work like hand in hand with them, but, but we work in similarly as they, as they work, we operate, you know, our team members and everything. So, I mean, that's someone we fall back on. So anyway, I want to thank, Thank you guys, Hunt. And it's going to be a hotel this time, and that will be in May sometime. And I'm trying to figure out dates and get all that coordinated so you guys can come out and see see what we do in the field and, and, and learn how to investigate. In fact, if anybody's interested, I'm probably going to be teaching a ghost hunting 101 class uh, sometime in May. It might, it might be towards the end of April that I'm going to teach it. And uh, it's a pretty hardcore thing. It's, it's a two-hour class that I teach, and it's all about, you know, it's all about how, how they handle the equipment, you know, all, all the procedures that we go through and things like that. So you, you you can learn some of that. So if you're interested in that, let me know, you know, next show or whatever. You know, if, if you're in, you know, interested, I can set that up. Um, again, John Sumple is going to be with us, J3 Films, uh, UFOs, abductions, that kind of thing. And if you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, the little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner with the Sherlock Holmes hat. And the magnifying glass, that's you click that button in a way and, and you can subscribe. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are uh what's the word? I'm tired. You can tell I'm tired two hours. <laughs> Equal opportunity here, uh, California Haunts Radio. And check out the website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. Updates are almost finished. And you see that ticker running along the bottom. That's because we are we operate as a nonprofit, even though we're not officially a nonprofit. Everything comes out of my pocket to support California Haunts Radio. So if you could help me out with uh, some some donations, I'd appreciate it. All donations. Uh, I have to pay. The, the bills are coming up. I've got to pay my internet. I've got to pay my fees, you know, for, for podcasts and all that stuff. Uh, that's at uh, paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, uh, you can do that at Venmo at Cal- you can do that at Venmo and then type in California Haunts. I'd really appreciate it. You know, it helps me really get equipment like headphones and stuff that we need, and plus stuff that we need for the team. Anyway, thank you guys for coming. I will see you tomorrow. Let me get my little button going. I love my buttons. Let me get my little buttons going here so I can close the show down and have a good night.